Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. We've been talking to you about the other benefits that are found in Psalms 103. And if you will, take your Bible and let's turn there. And we're going to learn about the benefits. Amen. There's benefits in serving God. There's benefits in being in a chi- being a child of God. And you say, well, you know, people emphasize that too much. I don't think it can be emphasized too much because there's such a drain on our minds and spirits in the time that we live in. We better undergird ourselves with the truth of what God has provided for us, and He's provided these benefits. Amen. Psalms 103, verse number one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Worshiping God is a part of being a Christian. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In other words, he told us not to forget his benefits. So if he told us not to forget, what does that mean? That some people forget. You know, I forget things. Do you ever forget them? You know, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be going, uh, coming here to the office and I'm on my way and I'm just aware that I forgot, uh, you know, maybe a folder. I forgot something, you know, maybe I was going to eat that day. I forgot something. Well, God wants to stir us up that we don't forget perpetually and we don't forget without remembering again. And, and you know, see, some people, you know, they get on the negative side of life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Everything is woe is me, despair, agony. What does that remind you of a song? I know how old some of you are. What was the name of that show? Hee Haw. How could I forget that? You know, and they'd sing that song. Well, that's the way some Christians are. But I tell you, I am, I'm not down on life, and I'm not down on the Word of God. I'm up on it. You know what I'm saying? I, it is, that's the paramount thing to me. That It's imperative that I know the Bible, that I know how to stand on the Scriptures for myself. And you need to know how to stand for yourself. You know, we we like to help people, and we like to stand with each other in faith, don't we? And that is right, and that's what the Bible instructs us to do. But do you know that there are times that we face in life, and that we come down to the point that there is no one there but us and God? And so what are we going to do? If all we put in our hearts and minds is, oh, woe is me in the agony and despair, that's what's coming out at that time when we really need it. And you know, I remember, this has been a number of years ago now, but I remember I had to go uh, to the hospital and I had to have a procedure. And it possibly could have been not too good. Uh, It could have been a bad 
situation for me. And I remember, you know, Eddie and I and the people that were, you know, my friends that I trusted in and I wanted them to pray with me. I shared with them and let's get in agreement and you agree with me. And I can remember, you know, being uh, uh, on the bed as they were taking me down the hallway to go into the room of where the procedure, you know, was going to take place. And when I was going down through there, I just had this sense and, and really inside myself, this is what I said. I said, God, it's just me and you, isn't it? It's just me and you. And sometimes it gets down to that, to where it was just, now, was Eddie standing with me? Yes, but he can't do everything for me. And neither can anyone else. I can't do everything for you. I'm, I'm you know, uh, your pastor, but that doesn't mean I can do everything for you. And neither can anyone else. It just comes down, uh, you know, to what are you going to do with the word of God? That's what it comes down to. And when you're going down, that may not be the same situation, but when you're going down that long hallway and you know what's awaiting you and you better know what you know, what you know, and have your trust in God. And I got a good report, thank God. But you know what? If, if they had said it was a bad report, I'm still trusting God. And see, that's where we have to be. And so we don't need to forget or we don't need to have never um, learned what the blessings are. We need to know what the blessings are, and we need to make it a part of our life. Amen? And so he said, don't forget his benefits. And we talked about what benefits were. Benefits, you know, it has to do with an advantage. God gives his children an advantage. He is no respecter of persons, but I'm going to tell you, it's just like you as a parent. You're going to favor your children, and your heavenly father is going Going to favor you too. He doesn't favor one above the other, just like we shouldn't do that with our own children. But he does favor us, and he does give us an advantage. And he even spoke, and he said about Daniel, he's more excellent than the others. Why? Because he belonged to him. And if you're in the family of God, you've got the advantage. You've got the favor. Amen. Uh, it also has to do with gain. It has to do with prosperity. And of course, when we hear the word prosperity, all of our minds, it goes to finances, doesn't it? And that's a part of it. But prosperity is whole life prosperity. And when you serve God, there are benefits just like you have when you are employed with a, a very good, reputable uh, a company, strong company. And you get benefits when you're employed by them don't you? Well, how much more are the benefits, you know, for being a Christian and serving God? But some people don't know that, and I sure didn't know it for years. But he goes on to say, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Aren't you glad for his mercy? Boy, I tell you, I am. Sometimes I, you know, I feel like, you know, the songs, you know, such a worm as I, I feel like a worm. But, you know, I know that God, I might have been a worm, but he didn't leave me one. And his mercy is there, amen. 
who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, to this point, you know, we've already, uh, we've already covered a few things. We talked about, you know, when you get saved, you've got the benefit of cleansing and forgiveness of sin and what a privilege that is, what a powerful thing it is. I'm not gonna go back over it because I talk extensively, I feel like, on that. Then we talked about that uh, God has, has a benefit of provision. He doesn't want us to be in lack, but he provides for us. Amen? He is Jehovah Jireh, and he revealed himself in the Bible to us in that way. The Lord will provide. And then we talked about uh, that uh, the benefit of healing and how God has provided that. And folks, if you're not careful as a full gospel believer, you hear these things and it goes in one ear and out the other, but you don't do anything to receive. You don't do anything to uh, pull it into yourself. You don't do anything to appropriate it. So let's don't be like that. Amen. So those are the things that we've talked about. And let's don't omit them from these benefits from our life, but this, let's remember them and accept them. And then for just a moment, I want to talk to you about something, about activating these benefits that we've already talked about and these two that we're going to discuss tonight. You need to activate them in your life. You know, uh, just the other day, I received, now I don't have a lot of credit cards, but I have a couple. Uh, that, you know, if uh, sometimes you just need to use one and, and I try to always pay them off each time I use it. And I think that's good. Dave Ramsey has taught us about that, hasn't he? And I think the, he might've gotten that from the Bible. What do you think? But, but anyway, I got my credit card, a new credit card. And on the card, I looked at the card and it had this sticker on the front, but I noticed on that card, it had my name, Nora King. Well, who did that card belong to? Me. But you know, it said something on the front of it. It said, you cannot use this card unless you activate it. Now, see, that's the way a lot of things are in the kingdom. So I got on the phone because I knew I didn't know when I may need that. And I activated my card. I got it ready to use. We need to activate God's word and get it ready to use because we don't know when we might need it. And there's ways that you activate God's word. Now, we're talking about the benefits tonight, but it's in any area. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. You have to activate the word of God. Well, I don't want to call that 1-800 number. Well, you know, that doesn't matter. There is that card with your name on it, and, you know, it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to anyone else, and it's been given to you, but you cannot use it until you dial one 800 whatever. And so God says there's some activating power that you and steps that you need to take to receive his promises into your life. Well, I just thought, you know, if I was a Christian, you know, it would just fall in my lap. Well, it doesn't work that way. You know, for years, I can remember having the Bible, and I thought it was such a holy thing. You know, I have this big family Bible. I think I got it from Jerry Falwell years and years ago. You know, we gave an offering, and he sent us this huge Bible. Now, I never read it, 
But, but I thought, this is holy. If I put this on my table, everybody that comes in here is going to look at, wow, these people believe the Bible. Yeah, we believe about the God of the Bible, but we don't know anything about him. We don't know what he said that he's given to us. We don't know anything about the benefits. We don't know anything about so much. I mean, I've been taught how to live, you know, a, a moral, godly life and that kind of thing. But I didn't know a lot about relationships and how to deal with people. You know, and it's all there. Every bit of it is there and it's available. Amen. Okay, so the first thing to activate tonight is you have to use your faith. And what does that mean? It means that I see here uh, in the Word of God, He redeems my life from destruction. In other words, the protection that we're going to talk about. And then I see that. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And so I've got to put faith in what he said. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 60s. And, you know, I'm just not feeling so strong. And, you know, well, look, I'll, we all know age is age. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to be broken down before my time. I am not going to be. Because I, I'm going to lay hold of the promises of God. And I've said this before. It's not new. I may not always do things the way that I do them now as you get older and that kind of thing. But I can tell you, I'm not going to act like I'm 90 when I'm not. How many people, and you probably can get a somebody that comes to your mind, and I'm not talking, I don't want you to be judgmental, but we all probably are in this, you know, it may be yourself, I don't know, but may not just be someone else. But you know, how many of you know someone, and you can look back now, and when they were young, they look, they act, acted old. See, a lot of times, old is in the mind. I'm not going to get there, because I'm going to get ahead of myself, but you understand what I'm saying? And there's things, you, you got to put faith in the Word of God, and you got to activate it in your life. Instead of just accepting, well, this is my age, and this is the way I'm supposed to be. Well, you know, if you read about God's people in the Bible, there were old people that did some phenomenal things, weren't there? So you don't have to be old and dried up, amen? So faith is an activator, Amen? And then not only that, when you, when you see it, then something has to happen. You have to do what you see. You know, so many times we come in, you know, this, this place, you hear the good word of God. And I say it all the time, and it bears repeating. Eddie is one of the best teachers I know. And I, I listen to a lot of people. I'm not just, you know tunnel vision. I listen to a lot of people. He's got a lot of wisdom. But you know, if all you do is listen, you just get fat spiritually. But you know what? God's not wanting us to waddle into the sanctuary. He's not. He wants us to get in shape and act upon what we receive from the Word of God. Faith Without works, and one translation says, faith without ex actions is what? Dead. Dead. In other words, faith is good, but faith alone will not activate God's word in your... Are you listening to me? Yes, yes teacher. You know, that's kind of that glazed look, you know. You know, when you were in school and the teacher was... 
So don't get glazed over with me now. Okay, so you got to have faith. You see it in the word and you say, God, that's me. I accept and I receive that. Then the next step you do is what you see, you begin to implement. You be begin to act on what you saw. Be a doer of the word, James says, and not a hearer only. And like I said, just, you know, let's all be fat cats for God. That's not what God intends for us. He wants us to use this word in our hearts and our lives to be an influence for, on other people, to be salt and be light. And, you know, salt is a preserving force. And do you know, if you allow God to love through you, to minister through you, that there is preserving power going forth in the earth to save people, to deliver them from the filth of this world, I believe that with all my heart. Amen? Okay, then the next step, three steps to activation. Now, again, this I'm talking about the benefits, but it can be for anything. But the next step is you got to talk it. When I believe it says that in the Word, and I've been trying to take some, you know, trying to just act out my faith, but, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to talk about it. I can tell you, you don't cast your pearl before swine. You don't do that. And what do I mean by that? You don't take the precious Word of God and go out here and, and say things about God's Word, and people begin to cheapen it. And, and make fun and mock and scoff. They might do that anyway. But you don't, you, I don't do that. You shouldn't do that. But there, there are people that, that, you know, they'll help you talk your faith. They'll help you act your faith. And that's the kind of people that we need to be around. And then when we get around the other people that need what we've got, then we can rub off on them. They'll see that our attitude, our frame of mind, the way we approach things, it's not like other people. You know, one of the things that as a kid and even a teenager growing up, I just, I was never satisfied that the only place that you could live your faith was in the sanctuary. I never did like that. And, and I can remember having talks with my dad and just saying, you I, you know, I just think if you're going to be on fire for God, go full tilt. If you're going to backslide, do the same thing. But if you're going to live for God, be on fire for God. Not just when you go to church and shout and dance and jump. And I love all that. But, you know, if that's the only place that you can get happy for God and be excited and enthusiastic about the kingdom of God is just in the sanctuary. And when you hit those doors out there. Put your sad face on. Not me. I'm not doing it. And you know what? I may be going through hell, but I'm going to do what the Bible tells me to do. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to, when I see it, he's turned my joy into dancing. He's turned my sorrow. He's turned it around and he gave me joy. And he's given it to me and he's imparting it to me. Well, I know what you've been through. I know what, you, you don't. You might think you do, but you don't. You might think half of what you think, it's worse. And I tell you, I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that he empowers me 
to keep on going and not be bitter about life and not be down on life. And every day we all face situations and circumstances, but we can activate God's word to overcome the obstacles that are in our way. Can you say amen? All right, and if I don't go on, I'm going to not get my points made. I want you to listen to this now. This is out of James 2.20 in the Good News Bible. Can't you see? Question mark. His faith and his actions worked together. His faith was made perfect through his actions. Now, who, who's that talking about? Abraham. That's who it's talking about. And it says, can't you see his faith and actions work together? Your faith and actions work together. They're not separated, they're together. What a powerful team. And then you put talking the word of God in your mouth. You know, how powerful is that? Now listen to this, Proverbs 6, 2. You are snared or trapped with your words. You are taken You're caught in a net. You're captured with your words. Now, I want, not too long ago in in our pantry, you know, evidently inside that pantry somewhere, there was a little hole. And we had some little creatures coming in our house. And I can remember one day I went in there and flipped on the light in my pantry and opened the door and around a box in my pantry, there peeped out this little white mouse. And my, how big are they? I mean, you know, Tina, but you should have seen me screaming and yelling and running. <laughs> but that little mouse, it just came out and peeped at me and stayed there looking at me. And then I thought, boy, you've got the nerve. <laughs> and, but I was screaming through the house. Oh, me of little faith that day. But you know what we had to do? We had to to do something to trap those little critters. We had to do that, you know? And and we had to lay those traps. And then, you know, we live on a wooded lot and we back up to another really heavily wooded lot in a subdivision that's back behind us. And these squirrels, I'm telling you, we have so many squirrels. It is unreal. But they are everywhere. And and so they were eating our fireplace. (laughs) They were chipping away at the fireplace. They had gotten in our attic and eaten up the, uh, what do you call that insulation about this far up all the way around, not eating it up, but I guess taking it out to build a nest. Can you imagine how scratchy that would be? But anyway, so I'm I'm going one day in, in my attic in this area where I have a few things stored and I'm looking around. It's like, what in the world? And then I look over in this pipe going down to the outside. It was a flexible, you know, pipe. And there's all this that squirrel was in the pipe going, and that was his way of getting in and out. Well, we had to call what are varmint busters or whatever they are. We had, but you know, it's like, now we don't want you to kill these squirrels. You know, these are God's little creatures. And so they had to set these traps up. And you know what? They put bait in there, and guess what? We caught probably four, maybe five squirrels before we got that eliminated, that problem eliminated. 
But you know what? That's what the devil does to us a lot of times. He just lays that bait, has that trap set. And you know, just the moment that we're, you know, just going to walk up unsuspecting, we don't know it. Isn't that what a trap is? It, it's, it, you don't see it. It's hidden. And we just walk right in to that trap. And you know how the Bible says we do it? With the words of our mouth. You are snared. You know, there are times that I get in situations and I tell you, I want to say some things that wouldn't be good. Now, I'm not talking about cursing and that, but I mean, I just want to let somebody have it. I want to let it fly and I want to let it rip. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're lying if you don't. (laughs) Because we all are in that situation. But you see, I understand you are captured You are taken in a trap by your very own words. Not somebody else's words. My words, your words. We are captured by our own words. And so we need to realize and understand that. So when I want to let it fly and I want to let it rip and I want to tell them everything that I'm thinking about them right then, I understand that that is a trap. That is the devil, that is my emotions running, running wild, and God said, get it under control of your spirit and not let your flesh have reign. Well, you say, well, I do my wife that way all the time. I do my husband that way. <laughs> well, we might do that every now and then, but we shouldn't be doing that very much. Nobody's perfect and we all mess up, but that should not be our mode of living. Amen. Well, somebody said, you're just getting too close now. That's right. We don't want you in a trap. We don't like you being like those little squirrels were. They were in that trap. We didn't kill them, but they were taken off somewhere. And you know, maybe sometimes that's what happens to us. We get taken off course, go another direction because we just keep not doing what we need to do. I heard this. This is very interesting. I heard someone did an experiment. It was a scientist. He did an experiment. And he took two um, jars of rice. I think it was balsamic rice, they said. And they took two exact jars, put the lid on it, closed it up. And on the outside of one of the jars, they put, I love you, you're wonderful, blah, 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 flowery, you know, just all good, positive words. And then on the other jar, they put, I hate you, you know, you're this, you're that, just all kinds of down things, negative things. And then they just let it sit and they came back a period of time. And guess what? The, the jar of rice that had the I love you's and all that looked beautiful. Still just the same way as when they put it in the jar. But the other jar was moldy and black and looked horrible. And you wouldn't want to eat it. Now, isn't that something? And that tells you right there about our words and how important they are. And so we, we need to... See, that was written. That wasn't even the spoken. If the written word has that, well, we know the written word has power. But when you take God's word and begin to speak it, there's power in it. And in the negative way, when you take things that are contrary to activating God's word in your life, it brings death and destruction 
and everything else into our life. And so we just need to believe that it's true. Amen? And we already read these scriptures, you know, put your hand over your mouth if you, you know, thinking to speak evil. And we talked about evil is not just, you know, evil, wicked perversion. It could be that, but not, that's not what the Bible is talking about. It's an evil, as in an evil report, the children of Israel going into the promised land and spying it out. And 10 brought an evil report. And he said, if you are thinking to speak evil, put your hand over your mouth. Stop it. And then we, another scripture we saw, I will muzzle my mouth. Amen? Now, in the Amplified Bible, put this up, James 3, 6 through 10. James 3, 6 through 10 in the Amplified Bible. Now, I want you to just look at this as we read it here, because you probably, if you don't have an Amplified, just look at it. And the tongue is a fire. That's picturesque, isn't it? The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature being itself ignited by hell. Now that's talking about the tongue. Go to verse number seven. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea animal can be tamed and has been tamed by human genius or nature. Next one. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. Well, see, you just have to speak whatever. You know, you can't tame it. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. Go to the next. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who were made in God's likeness. Next one. Out of the same mouth come forth blessings and cursing. These things, my brethren, ought not be so. Now, he said, well, you, you read there, no man can tame it. But then he said, it shouldn't be that way. So he is not saying, see, some people read that and they think, well, there's nothing I can do. It's just the way that we are human nature and God knows that. No, he said this shouldn't be that way. No man by himself can tame his tongue. But when you allow the spirit of God in you to rise up and activate his word by speaking it, you can tame your tongue. You just do it a few times. You just get things under control. If your person is just given to, you know, letting things, you know, just releasing all kinds of, uh, you know, not good things through what you speak when you're mad at someone, upset about a situation, you just begin to do and let your spirit man have ascendancy instead of your flesh, and you will see that God will help you to tame it. You can't do it on your own, but he in you can help you to do it. He wouldn't have said these things ought not to be if you couldn't do anything about it. You can. You can speak blessing, and you don't have to speak the curse, right? Amen. Amen. 
So in, in, instead of speaking contrary to what we see about the benefits in God's word, we need to agree with the Bible. How can two walk together except they be agreed? You can't walk with God and successfully receive from him if you are in opposition to what the Bible says. And you know, many times just being a human and thinking like a human with an unrenewed mind, we can oppose God and oppose his word without really thinking a whole lot about it. But you know, that's why it's so important to put those thoughts in our minds that counteract, you know, the, the way that, that we've grown up, the way that we've learned that have been wrong, even religious teaching can be wrong sometimes. If it doesn't agree with the Bible, it's not right. I don't, let God be true and every man a liar. And there's things that I had to unlearn. And, and I grew up in a good, godly home where the Bible uh, was read and where, you know, my dad preached from the Word of God, you know. So, but still there were things that I had to unlearn when I started reading the Bible for myself. And, and that's the way it is. You know, and, and um, the Bible tells us, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And that mold is the wrong kind of thinking. Be updated. Be renewed in your mind. You have to update your thinking. You know, in, with computers, don't you have to get updating, you know, periodically, you know, when on certain programs, you've got to get updating. Well, God gives us the update information. And if we're thinking something and believing something that doesn't agree with the Bible, guess what? If you're going to walk with God and be in agreement with God, you're going to have to take it for what he says. And you know, many times, you know, some people, it's like we've got this little switch on our, on our back or something and we'll turn that little switch on and I mean, we're just speaking and we're just believing the word of God, you know, and then we get out of that setting and we go over here and then we just turn this switch on and we can just get with everybody, you know, uh, how horrible everything is and how sick we're feeling and, you know, and, and we're just... We go just opposite of what the Bible says. And I'm not going to say, you know, we're all in a growth process and things like that may go on. But you know what? Uh, Ten years from today, it, should not, it shouldn't be that way. We should be growing enough to where some of those things begin to drop off where we can be consistent in our walk with the Lord. Don't you think? We should be consistent. Amen. All right. Well, I'm just about out of time, but I'm going to talk about protection, my fourth benefit tonight. Amen? Now, when I talk about um, protection from the Scripture, and I, I, I say that word that Psalms 103 talks about here, there, there are certain things that come up in my spirit and in my mind that I think about, and words that come to my mind like refuge, safety, shelter, what, what are some words that come to your mind when we talk about protection, the Lord being our protection? Anybody want to share a word? Something that comes to mind related to that? Can anybody think of anything else? What? Covering. Pardon? Okay. 
Well, the words, those words, but here, refuge, safety, shelter, shield, strength, cover, someone mentioned, guard, when we talk about protection. And I know when I start talking about this, somebody's going to say, well, I know so-and-so, and that didn't work for them. Now, this is where you have to understand something right here. You remember I said a minute ago? When I was going down that long hallway and I knew it was me and God, there's sometimes it's you and God and you don't need to factor in someone else. There have been many times I prayed and stood for people and, and, and sometimes, you know, I would leave a situation and God would just impress upon my heart. You can have faith and you can support, but you can't do it all because it's not dependent just upon you. So what you need to do as I talk about this, you need to think about you, your family, and don't think about this one, uncle this, and aunt that, and cousin so on. Don't think about those things because we don't know about those situations, but we know about ourselves, and we know our conversation with us, to, you know, between us and the Lord. And so just remember that, okay? And don't try to factor in other things that we do not have knowledge about. I prayed with someone not too long ago. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted a miracle. Just wanted a miracle. And I knew that God was saying, it's not up to you. There's other, there's other faith involved here. And it really is true. It really is true. So... Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. And so here we can see this protection. He's a refuge. What is a refuge? You know, a refuge, you, you hear about the people in Sudan and some of these nations, you know, where there's just terrible war going on and people are being killed and enslaved and horrible things are taking place. But you know, so there, there are places where they will make a refuge for those people of the Sudan, and, and that place they can come into, and the people that are killing and murdering and raping and doing everything that they're doing, this place is a refuge, and they can't come in. See, God's in this world where all of that stealing, killing, and destroying that the devil is doing, there is a refuge, if you will, where you can come in. It says he is a God is our refuge. Now listen to this other word. He is our strength. Have you just ever felt so weak? In our weakness, he becomes strong. And if you'll just remember that, I've had to remember it so many times. I feel like I, I, can't, I can't take another step. I can't walk. And then I know God is my strength. God, he will become my strength. He will help me. He will be my refuge, the place where I can pull away from everything that's happening in this world and I can find safety and I can find protection in him. And if we'll just see him as that, because that's exactly what he is, amen? Proverbs 14, 26, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Are you his child? He said, you would have a place of refuge. Not maybe, but you would have it. Psalms 4, 8. 
I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makes me to dwell in safety or the protection that we're talking about. Even in the nighttime hours when our minds are bombarded, like Paul and Silas at the midnight hour, you know what they chose to do? Instead of going back over how they had been beaten and being persecuted and things were going wrong, they just rose up and began to praise the Lord and sing a song. There are just times, you know, that, that I'll just break out in a song. I don't feel like it. I feel anything but that. But you know what? At the midnight hour, I know God is my refuge. And all the thoughts that may be just hurling around in my mind that are so contrary, God didn't put me in that mold to be like the world and be tormented. The mold that he has for me is a place of refuge, safety, and protection. Amen? And I can lay down and sleep. Amen. Psalm 4, 8 a shelter for me, and a strong tower from the enemy. You know, I was watching not too long ago, I love to watch like the Smithsonian or, you know, the Discovery Channel and those channels, and they were showing lots of castles and, you know, med medieval things in, in different nations, not here in the United States, but the UK and, and uh, France and uh, different places. And, and you know, uh, on a hill somewhere, uh, they would show this very old, old structure and it would be that tower up on top of that hill and look so strong and so fortified even hundreds of years from the time that it was built and see that's what we need to put in our spirits that God has that strong tower up on that hill for us that we can run there and get away from whatever we're facing in life now I'll just tell you God doesn't want you running to the strong tower every hour of every every day. But when you need it, it's there. There's times you got to get out there on the battlefield and you got to face your Goliath and you got to cut his head off. So that's going to happen. But when you need it, he is there to be your protector, to be your safety, to be your shield, to be your strength. And so let's appropriate that. Let's, let's activate that in our life and have that available in the days that we're living in. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 16, 19. He's my strength in the day of affliction. Have you ever been afflicted before? He's my strength when I hit those times of, you know, where there's affliction in my life. And then I began to think about Ephesians 6. And I'm not going to turn you there. I'm just going to talk you through a few things. But in Ephesians 6, it tells us, you know, talking about the protection of God. He's given us a wardrobe that we can put on to fight the battles that we're in. In Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. Don't put on part of it. Put on all of it. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you go to your closet, do you just stand there and say, well, I want to wear that? And I want to wear that and just stick your arms out and expect that jacket to get on your body. No, it's not going to happen that way. You got to put them on, right? You got to put on the armor of God too. You've got to arm yourself with the things that he tells us. And he says, here, put on the whole armor of God. And he talks about truth. Put on truth. Thy word is truth is what the Bible says in John. And then we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We're not, 
You know, the worms of the earth, like I said, we might have been, but we're not anymore. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we need to put on his righteousness. And when the devil comes to condemn, we're righteous through Jesus Christ and his work that he did for us. Amen. And then we're to have our feet shod with the peace or feet shod with the gospel of peace. You got shoes. You got a breastplate of righteousness. And listen to this. Above all, put on the shield of faith. You know, I used to think what that meant is above all is that's the most important part. But you know, that, that really, if you study that out, that is not what he's saying. He's saying put your shield of faith out in front. Isn't that where a shield would go? Get that shield of faith out there so that when the fiery darts of the devil are hurled and sent your way, your shield of faith will be there. But you still need the truth. You still need your breastplate of righteousness. You still need your, you know, the gospel of peace. And I, I tell you what, too much arguing and discord in the body of Christ. We, we need to put on our shoes, our gospel peace shoes. And then it says... Um, Put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, that's to keep your mind covered. And I've told this story many times, but it bears repeating in the Old Testament. You know, as they would go up the hill to take a city, and the people would be up on the, that hill, you know, where they had made the fortified place. And they would begin hurling everything they could down upon that army that was coming after them. And they had to put this cover on top of their head. They had to have some kind of, uh, of mechanism to where it would shield their head. So when they were throwing all that stuff down, see, in, in, in the Bible even says, in the day of battle in the Old Testament, you have covered my head. And that's what he's talking about. When those thoughts and everything are there, You've got the helmet of salvation or deliverance that's been given to you. You don't have to let every thought that comes into your mind be your thought. Take no thought saying. Don't receive it. Don't accept it. But I, I do say guard your eyes and guard your ears. Because what you let come in, you're going to have to deal with. There's certain movies I'm not watching. There's certain violence I'm not going to be a part of, of putting that. Now, some people are more sensitive. To that. I'm very sensitive to that. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know it. Now, I'm not going to stick my head in the sand, and I'm going to be current and up-to-date what's going on in the world, but I am not going to be subject to the filth of this world. I tell you what, if I go into a movie, and there's a bunch of trash in it, and I mean, it's just like one after the other after the other. You know what I do? I get up and I go to the ticket stand and I say, I want my money back. That is a filthy mess and it's not worthy to be a movie. Well, they just act like, well, you're crazy. It's like, well, I don't care what you think anyway. <laughs> I don't usually get my money. I get a ticket <laughs> for another movie where I can go. So you got you to guard what comes in your ears and your eye gates. 
You have to. But he gives you that helmet of salvation, and then he gives you the sword of the Spirit. And see, when you put the Word of God in your mouth, it's advancing. It's, it's going on the offense. It's going after those fiery darts. It's going after, you know, all those uh, uh, thoughts and everything that would, the enemy would try to build up against you. The circumstances in the situation, use your sword. Don't try to go after a situation or, or a spiritual. Don't, don't try to go after it in the natural because you're no match for the devil. But God in you putting his word in your mouth, you can handle whatever it is. Amen. Amen. And so here we can see then that this benefit of protection that God has provided so much that we can we can have the proper kind of protection. I don't have time to go there, but will you read Psalms 91? I wish, if you, if you can read, I was gonna read it tonight out of the Message Bible, but I don't have time to do it, and I'm not gonna keep going because it's just, I'm, I've come to the end. I didn't get to talk about my other points. I'll do that later. Just stretch it out. But, just read Psalms 91, and if you can get a hold of a message Bible, read it, and I love it in that message Bible. It, it, it just is it's something else. And so it will help you, but I want you to know and understand that God has provided this benefit of protection. It's yours, and you don't have to go to bed in fear, and you don't have to have fearful thoughts. And all that kind of, you know, just trust God. Know that he's your strong tower. He's provided what you need to make it through. Amen? Amen. And again, don't go and start looking to other people and, and begin to factor that into your thinking and mix a little faith and mix a little doubt and unbelief in there. You just take the word of God for yourself for what it says. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.